Hi, everyone. I'm Laurel Simmons, and welcome to another episode of the Right Club podcast. I'm joined today by Catherine, our wonderful operations manager. Hi, Catherine. Hey, Laurel. This has been quite an interesting conversation with Jill. We staging properties has got quite a lot of different layers to it, but it's designed to keep life simple for real estate investors and realtors. Yep. Yes, our guest, is, as, as Catherine has said, is Jill Ackerman. And it really was a, a fun conversation because a lot of people don't think about staging or furnishing a home for midterm rentals and what's involved. Maybe they think about it, but actually what's involved in it is an entirely different story, isn't it? So Jill has lots of tips and tricks about what to do, what not to do. Even some of the little stories that she and I shared about you know, my experiences in, in midterm rentals. And it, it's fun. So I hope you learned something. I think it's a uh, great resource for people to almost bookmark for when they need these types of services and things to think of. That's right. So just before we go into our episode, we just want to remind you that lots and lots of resources at therightclub.com. Please go there, join up. It's free. Thousands of hours of videos and podcasts and all kinds of resources. Love to see you there. And Catherine, let's go to the interview. Let's do it. Welcome to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping you, the real estate investor, advance to the next level. And now let's join this week's hosts and share ways for you to customize your life. Hi, Jill. Welcome Hi. to the Right Club Podcast. Great to have you here. And we are talking about staging a property. And a lot of people think perhaps like, well, Okay, well, I'm a real estate investor. Why do I need to state your property? Not so fast is what we have to say, right? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about, let's start with midterm rentals. And they're anywhere from, oh, geez, what, what's the actual definition of a midterm rental? Is it three months or more? I guess it depends on the municipality you're in. It's less than a year. It's certainly not short-term vacation rentals. It falls in that area of, Oh, we're not here for vacation and we're not here for a full yearly. So that's a midterm rent. Okay. So we're here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> yes, a good medium time. <laughs> Something like that. All right. Okay. So what are the factors in determining whether to stage a midterm rental? Property? Okay. So it depends, I think, first on who is your target group. Who are you looking to present this to? Because if you're looking for repeat business, for example, if your target group is certain corporations, you want to make sure that they use your property time and time again. So you want to make sure that you are preparing it for that, for that population, for that group. So it might be executive, it might be a midterm vacation rental, and you're looking at a completely different audience, maybe a family. So that's one of the, that those are really important considerations. Another consideration when determining whether to stage would be budget, of course. Time and budget are always key components of any project. But it depends on whether you like your burger plain or fully dressed. 
because whatever you do or don't is going to influence what you can get for rents, the repeatability of um, corporations that you work well with, um, the uh, appeal to any target group that you're looking that you're looking at. So to me, those are really the chief factors in whether you should stay. You certainly shouldn't be leaving it by itself. So when you talk about staging, I want to be really clear that, that I understand what, what you're talking about here. Staging, is, is staging the same as furnishing the midterm rental for someone to move in? Yes. It's, I, I never really liked the word staging because when you think of staging, you think of a stage and actors are playing a part. We're in a professional staging capacity. We are preparing a property for occupants, occupancy by a target tenant. And that's really the same whether you're selling or whether you're uh, dwelling. There are a few fine differences, but for a midterm rental, you have a target audience and that's what you are styling the property for both. You want both functional. That would be the main thing, especially for executive rentals, because you have companies, say, physicians on locums, you have traveling nurses, you have executives from a company who are coming into town on, on either a project or preparing to purchase in the community, but they need interim lodging. So you want to make sure that what you are providing them is going to work for them. So you're looking for function plus beauty, for lack of another word, for appeal. Okay, because um, my husband and I had a um, midterm rental property. Yeah. And the tenants stayed for six months, usually. Often it was extended because, you know, sometimes uh, it was a, a situation where the house had burned down and was rebuilding. And that's a lot of, you know, that's a lot of situations where people need interim housing. Yeah. They don't want to be stuck in a hotel for six months or eight months or nine months or however long it takes oh, absolutely. To, yeah. to, to rebuild that house. Uh, we had one situation where we had someone come over from Spain. They were a family and he was on secondment to a company in the Niagara region. So yeah, there's many situations and it does, as I recall, you have to really think through what kind of furnishings you are supplying. It's not just furnishings, is it? It's all the well, absolutely not. So talk about that. Talk about not the, the furnishings, but talk about all the other things that make a difference. Okay. So when people come and they're staying, all they bring is their suitcase, essentially. So beyond the basic furni furniture, uh, you look at the rooms, you need housekeeping goods, you need bathroom supplies, you need lighting, you need some art, you need some, you know, you need linens, you need a vacuum cleaner, you need a mop and bucket. So when we are, and, and that fits into when you're pricing it, people say, well, you know, how much is it going to cost, which I assume we'll get into, but it's not just a sofa and a chair. You're going to need what kind of a sofa? Do you need a sleeping sofa? How many people are going to be occupying this? 
Because as we see it, count beds and heads, how many pillows, like where are people going to sleep? And what do you need for that? So you need linens, you need basic toiletries, you need a shower curtain in the bathroom probably, up for most places. You need change of towels, you need kitchen, you need a coffee pot, you know, you need a set of pots and pans, you need dishes, you need flatware. You need some kind of electric mixer. It's you know, almost like you need to move into the house or the property, the unit. It's almost like you need to move in there to actually live there for a week or two just to find out all those things that, you know, you would leave that maybe are in your own home that you would expect to find if you were going into a, a midterm rental situation. Well, you know, that's actually, you brought up a really good point. That's where a professional stager can help you because... We know, number one, most of us, I would suspect, are women. Women both buy and rent houses. And I always say the man writes the check, the woman does the deal. Because if mama don't like it, ain't nobody going to like it. And so they are much more aware. I I did speak with one fellow who had a a mid-term, but was investing, and he wanted to know what he needed. I said, you need an ironing board. You need an iron. Huh? So you, they have to be aware and they should have a really good professional guiding them. So what we do have is we have an exhaustive list of what is typically needed in any one room. And we say either we can get that or you can purchase it at Giant Tiger because we like to, you know, obviously we want to save as much money as we can. And, and so you can do a combination of DIY, or if they're not at all interesting, just interested and just want to hand it over, then that's another thing. But the guides really help us help the client, the investor, to know what is needed. Because the more they do, the more appeal the property has. It's as simple as that. Okay. So it is things like having nice lamps and... Uh... A, a nice coffee table and a bedside table. I, I was in a, there's no bedside table. And I remember looking at it going, well, that doesn't work. I mean, how do you, I mean, no, you need a place to put a glass of water or your glasses at night or your book or whatever it is, right? Exactly. Exactly. Little, little things. You need a little charging station. Everybody lives on electronics these days. So we set up a charging station in in bedrooms. Again, you want it to be a decent mattress. You need at least one change of linens. They need a wash and dryer. So it depends, again, on whether they are going to have cleaning, et cetera, services, or whether they're going to have the tenant responsible for the laundry, for example. If you're going to be having cleaners come in every week, then it's not so, it's not the same thing but you have to provide for that. And the, so, and that also determines the kind of linens, for example, you'll use. If you have a cleaning service, service come in, you'll want all flat sheets, for example, because fitted sheets are much more, more challenging to both launder, iron, keep crisp, fold. And look at any Facebook post on how to fold fitted sheets. You know, it's roll up into a ball. But from the people I have spoken with, most of them will be leaving it to the tenant to look after their laundry. 
So that means they have to have a washer dryer and you have to have a place to put them and you have to have laundry supplies available for them. Whether you replenish them is really, again, up to the landlord to determine whether they are going to keep the supplies flowing or whether that will be the responsibility of the uh, tenant. I guess that would, which way you're going to go, whether you are supplying everything for the tenants forever, once it is. Really, then that dictates the budget, right? Your budget, because you have to work all these numbers out. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Today's podcast is brought to you by LegalSecondSuites.com. Ken Beckendam is an amazing real estate investor. He understands the process of the conversion inside and out. And he has built one of the largest by volume design build firms in the GTA that specializes in legal multifamily conversions, anywhere from two to 15 units. And he's been involved in either the designer or the contractor in well over 250 conversion projects, which resulted in over 600 legal dwelling units. That is a lot of legal dwelling units. And Ken and his team at Legal Second Suites, they cover everywhere from Halton, Niagara, Haldeman, Norfolk, Brant, Hamilton, London, Tri-Cities, Barrie, York, and anything in between. He's one of the few firms that can complete the entire process for you from design to construction to property management. So it's truly a one-stop shop. So reach out to Ken at LegalSecondSuites.com. Again, it is LegalSecondSuites.com. And now back to the show. Yeah, so I can only speak for myself when I'm talking about, you know, the amount to invest, right? So I use what's called a comfort spending graph, if you will, to dictate or to quantify what they're prepared to spend. So, for example, a sofa. You can buy a sofa at IKEA. You can buy a sofa at Structure, or you can buy a sofa at what's a, a real high end? Well, Barrymore, and they're no longer here. Right. What's the other the real high end furniture company? Hauser? Any of those. So, what are you more, what are you comfortable spending? Because at the low end, you're going to spend, you know, 400. At the medium, you're going to spend maybe. 8 to 11, and at the top end, you're going to spend 5 or 6. Bearing in mind that the more you spend, typically, the better the quality and the less you will have to replace. But initially, I think people are really gun-shy about the investment they should be prepared to put into it to get that target tenant at a price that is that they want because they want to do it. They want to make money on it. But the initial investment does cost. But it depends really. I mean, if all you've got is IKEA, then we get do the best we can with the IKEA budget. And again, the most we can do with multifunction furniture. And maybe later as they get more revenue, they can upgrade as this furniture starts to deteriorate. The other option they have is to rent for the first few months. My experience is that for the most part, if you've purchased wisely, it is 
less expensive over three to six months to buy what you need rather than to rent it. But it is an option, especially with a full-service staging company like ours. When you're talking about full-service, you know, there's a lot of details, obviously, that you're bringing forth. But when you're talking about full service, because it's, you know, the realtors, it's also the real real estate investors that you're dealing with. So what does full service mean? Oh, full service just means that we can do the design. We can supply the inventory. We can deliver it. We can, we can deliver, we can install it. And when the rental period is up, we can remove it or they can buy it. That's what happens sometimes is they just purchase it or the tenants going in decide they want it. And the same thing with even as full service, if, for example, the investor is says, okay, we're going to go and we're going to, you order everything so we can select it, we can order it, we can have it delivered to the warehouse, we can put it together, we can deliver it. Because when we put it together, we inspect it to see if there's any problems with it. And, and then we can deliver it and do the installation and so on. Same thing. So because every single project, it's like staging anything. Every single project is tailored to that particular unit or property. So there's no blanket. I mean, I can give you some sort of some average prices, like for a bathroom or a primary bedroom. But you, when people say, well, how much would it cost to do this? Well, I need to know more. I need to know how many people, how many, like one had a den and two bedroom plus den. Is that den going to be an extra bedroom? Is it going to be an office? Is it going to be what we refer to as a combination space where we put in a desk and, but we put in, say, a day bed? Then for a guest who can stay there, typically in these, they're in apartment condos and there's no window. So they're not, they're more inclined to create a, an office or even just a little TV room because not everybody wants their TV in their living room, although some do. So that means when you are selecting a sofa, for example, you might want to look at an ottoman instead of a glass top coffee table. Because it's easier on your feet when you put your feet up. This is is what I mean by function plus beauty, function plus appeal. What what you're basically doing is you're a problem solver. You're literally streamlining the lives of real estate investors and whether it's they're going for a a midterm rental, if they're even if they're doing a short-term rental. Or if you've got a realtor that is in the middle of selling a property or even a real estate investor that's selling a property and they want to bring that up there. So you're basically taking all the hassles and taking care of all the details and asking questions. And there is great value in that, you know, because you're saving them time, effort and energy and boom, it's kind of like magic. It's done. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we work very closely with the investors to make sure they approve of all of everything we're putting into the units or that I shouldn't say the property because they're not always condominiums. Some of them are houses. And so that the design is going to work for the audience, the tenants that they want to attract. 
And that's the first discussion. Really, it's all about relationships at the end of the day. What is it you're looking for? So how can I help you realize that end in a way that is comfortable, that is as cost-effective as possible for you? So if I was to come to you and, and you said to me, okay, Laurel, what? And because this can happen, I'm sure it can happen. You say to me, okay, who are you trying to attract to this unit? And I say, well, I've been approached by, yeah, I don't know, some universities and they've got some visiting professors. Okay. All right. We know that's, and, and we expect that the professor, professor will have a spouse. We're not sure whether the male, female, it doesn't matter. Spouse. Okay. No kids. So that's one demographic, right? Right. Professional. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, I say to you, oh, yeah, you know, but also I know that, geez, I've got some friends who have a family with three kids. And by the way, this is like a, say this is like a three-bedroom unit. I don't know whether it's a house or it doesn't matter. Right, right. I've got kids, I've got friends that have three kids and a set of twins and a, a twin boys and a older girl. And I know that they, in a year, they're going to be building a house and they need to have a place to live while they build their house. So that's some two different markets, two yes. different audiences. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm not the first person to come up with you with this situation, a scenario. So what do you say in that situation or how do you handle that? How do I handle it? So the first one is um, going to be a professional occupancy. And so you're thinking, okay, they're going to need the usual is a place to sleep, a place to eat, and a place to entertain, and a place to work. And so if somebody is by themselves or the wife coming on the weekends or whatever, you're going to be, a, we would look at a different set of furnishings, one much more sort of functional and male-oriented, if you will, a little bit more neutral. Then somebody who's got three kids, tell me they don't have two dogs, please. Oh. Yeah, when you've got a bunch of kids, again, depending on ages, and can the kid, are they both boys? Are they both girls? Can they, is it expected they will share a bedroom? Do they need workspace? Do they need, would one of these double on the bottom, twin on the top bunks work for them? Is there a space for that? So you're looking at, for three kids, you're looking at, three bed spaces and a couple. So that's two more. So you start with all of that. What size is the accommodation? So how large furniture can we fit into it? That's why we do measurements and photos all over the place because most of them will work with a queen size bed and not a king, especially the new construction which again, speaking with a number of these investors, it's new construction and these, the ensuite bathrooms are often bigger than the bloody bedroom now. And do they need dressers? What kind of, what is the physical layout of the unit? I don't consider things like toys, although a toy bin, if they're young kids, should be, would, you would be looking at storage, place to put those things. And again, sturdier, I would advise them to get sturdier furniture, the investor, if they're going to have kids or animals. That would make a difference in the recommendations. Again, the final decision is the investors because of the budget. 
Now that you actually brought up a really good point, which is pets. I remember we actually had uh, someone move in with a pet and a short and a midterm rental. I wasn't that happy, but anyway, <laughs> you know, whatever. You just live. It is what it is, right? Yeah, you just make it work. Well, you know, you know what? If they have pets, then I again I advise them regarding covers for their living room furniture. Of linens that are sturdy, endurance fabrics, which we search out for kids and animals so that they're easy to keep clean. Carpets that are, you know, these ruggables, things that are sturdy. I find cats can do a lot more damage than dogs. But dogs mark, this is what buyers assume. Dogs eat the woodwork and cats mark their spots. Mm. So you have to be aware of that. Yeah, I do remember the the cleanup afterwards. Like the dog hair. Oh, yeah. It was just, it was disgusting. It was like tumbleweed. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're right. You have to think about that with your furniture because that hair, that fur can get into the. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the dander. And, And so that's why these covers are important. That's why it's important to know when I stayed homes with animals. And very few companies will rent, if I think I'm the only one in this area, that will rent to folks with animals or, and or kids because the inventory really does take a kicking. Are not so bad, but any, if you look at the scene behind me, any soft goods are going to be a dog's toy. So you have to know, you have to know about that and either as the investor, get a damage deposit, which is what I do if it's a really high risk. Or you say, okay, this is going to be yours and I'm leaving it with, you You know, like the linens and so on. So in that case, if you you leave the linens with that, like they actually, the the, the tenant, the short, sorry, not short term, the midterm rental, the tenant actually buys the, the soft goods, like the linens, the towels, the sheets, the pillows, the this, the that? that? That is certainly an arrangement that you can make. And it's not a bad arrangement at all. Like you can get, we normally don't use anything other than queen or king linens. Certainly we don't use anything other than king or queen. We use only king pillow inserts. So when you, shoot, I think I lost my track here. You know, so you can, again, because we like to try and buy in bulk, it's not a huge investment for anybody. The other thing you could do is give them one starter set of linens that they are responsible for and that they keep and then they replace. Or they just keep washing the same one. That's really up to the investor. That's part of the contract with the tenant as to who's going to be responsible for what. But again, you know, if you use, if you, sorry, if you have endurance fabrics, even microfiber is, pre- is pretty good. Most of them are pretty good and cats don't like them. I don't know about dogs, but because we have cats for better or for worse. The, what about things like the garages? Because I mean, some condominiums are, let's just say, not, that, that, let's talk about townhomes because some investors buy townhomes. Yeah, so yeah, it has a garage, right? So even things like, well, you've got to supply unless you are doing all the snow removal because we still get snow down here, right? Yeah, 
Yeah. And I guess it depends what part of the country you're in. But if you get snow, well, even if you have people coming in to do snow removal, you still need someone to a little shovel because, you know, they can yeah. wake up in the morning and there's a little bit of snow on the front step and you know, the snow removal people yeah. come every three hours to remove the snow, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So, but I don't think I would go into a power thing. I would have that. I would have non-salt ice stuff. I would have, depending again on the requirements for lawn care, a mower. I don't think it has to be anything outrageous. Even a, a small electric, I think everything's rechargeable now. The one I have at the warehouse is rechargeable and it works just fine. You know, a little weed whacker. But those kinds of things, you, that, that is a really good point. You want to have an inventory of everything you have in that property that belongs to the investor. Okay, so how do you keep track of that? So I'm an investor and I have all these things in the house or, yeah. or the unit. And I don't want, the arrangement is the contract with the, the midterm tenant is that they leave everything there. Yes. How do I know that? They have left everything there. And it's not, I'm not trying to be mean-spirited or anything. No, no. I remember one situation where I went in and I went, after they left, I thought, well, wait a minute. What happened to the iron? What happened to the vacuum cleaner? They were gone, right? I think, I don't know. I bought that. <laughs> that was yeah. Amazing. You know what? That's a good, that's a good point as well. That brings you back to who is your ideal tenant? For me, it's who is my ideal realtor? that you can trust that is not going to nick your stuff. And the, the, again, the more you put in, the, the, more re, the better your return in all ways. So they should, what, sometimes I have to, if I don't have the perfect piece when I'm staging a house, for example, I will use rental. And when they come in, I sign a sheet that says, this is what I have and this is what I am responsible for. And they have a copy of it and I have a copy of it so that I don't forget. And again, that's an advantage to having a professional do all this, right? Because if I'm going to set up your kitchen, I am going to know exactly what went into that, what was the price of it, and be able to give that to you. So you'll know there's one Sunbeam Meyer with steam or the, and it comes with, I don't know, whatever, and an ironing board from Canadian Tire of this, because you photograph all this stuff. And when you have it all delivered to one central point for delivery and installation of the inventory, they're able to photograph it, identify it, create a spreadsheet, and so on. So you know exactly what everything is. Okay. And yes, there is some you have to trust that they are that they are going to be good tenants. The other thing you get is a valid credit card. Okay, but well, that makes sense. Although, I, so that's really interesting because as a, I remember I was dealing once with a insurance company, right? Yeah. So well, the, the, the client is really the insurance company because they're writing the check. Yes. 
So they say, we have a family, or in this case, I think it was a couple whose home had burned down. Okay. They, they, we want to rent the, the unit for six months. Yeah. Uh, so in comes the couple. Yeah. And so the, we've already got the arrangement with the insurance company. I don't, uh, hmm, I think there's a disconnect there because I don't really, I can't really say no to the couple because I've already accepted the terms for the contract with the insurance company, right? So the insurance company is the... They're, they're writing the payer. check. Yep. Yep. They're the client. And they're paying for this tenant. Yep. Yeah. Where they are. It's just, it's just an interesting situation because you don't really... It's an unusual situation. Well, although... No, it's know, not. My, my next door neighbor is only home on weekends. He was, he was um, transferred to Calgary. And so he was living in temporary housing in Calgary on and off for months until the house sold. So it would have been that corporation paying for his accommodation in Cal, right? Right. So it really is an interesting well, situation. Have, there would have to be an agreement between the company who's paying, he who pays the piper, right, would have terms and conditions with that tenant separate from what you would have. Yeah. So, excuse me, if your agreement is with the insurance company, who's paying for this tenant, then the issue of loss, I have some templates and I don't tell how to go fishing, but I have some templates that address that issue. Okay. So, yeah. I, okay. So you do, you can take care of that. Cause if I remember thinking, okay, this is really interesting, but you don't know what you don't know, right? Until you get into it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> It's the same thing as people, you know, they don't know the value until they see the value. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Okay, Joe, this has been a really fascinating conversation. And now we are going to move on to the lightning round. Are you looking to create generational wealth and get one step closer to financial freedom? Then Better Mortgage Select is the mortgage brokerage for you. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or seasoned investor looking to grow your portfolio, Better Mortgage Select is here to help you achieve your financial goals. With over two decades of experience, our team of financial planning consultants have perfected our own unique system that tailors every step to suit your financial needs. For a free consultation, reach out to us today at info at bettermortgageselect.ca or give us a call at 905-569-8326. We're here to help you get started and prove why we're the top-ranked mortgage team in Canada. So, our listeners are really familiar with you. (laughs) 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 And we'll ask, Catherine and I will take turns asking you a question. You just, you know, a brief answer. The first thing that comes to mind is not a guest, okay? Here we go. Okay. You first. (laughs) So, Jill, you've had a quite an extensive careers when you were in clinical healthcare and healthcare administration, which is very detail oriented. And then now as your post-retirement passion project with staging and stage, stage right, if with all of your experience, you could go back and tell your 18-year-old self something, what would that something be? Don't listen to your parents and follow your own passion. And I say that for a reason. I'm not exactly the young kid on the block, but in my day, when you went to school 
And my parents were huge on education, which is why my dad managed to get a posting in Fredericton so we could all go to university. None of us graduated from UNB. Anyway, but it was important. You became a nurse, a teacher, or a secretary. So I became a nurse. One sister became a teacher and one became a librarian. But that's why I would tell follow your own, follow your passion. Yeah, I really like that. Thank you, because I really do agree with that. Don't let anyone, well, it's hard when you're 18 not to listen to what your parents say, because they're really important in your lives. But if you can, if you could go back to your 18-year-old self, I great advice. Whether your 18-year-old self would listen to it well, because you're 18. Well, that's true. And so. when you didn't think you had, you don't know what you don't know. I might have gone to UNB and become a forester. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Question number two. What's made you most successful? If you had to pick one attribute, one characteristic of yourself, what's made you most successful? The company I keep. Oh, okay. Company you keep. All right. My friends, my agents that I work with, and they're like, I don't know whether to call it networking, but I have been very fortunate that I've been able to pick good people to work with who trust me and know I'm working on their behalf. Oh, that's so important. A lot of my patients when I was a clinical nurse, I love my clients as a stager. I do a lot of refreshing. I'm going to another one on Friday. They move. They don't know what to do. Jill, I'm stuck. I'm frozen. Can you come and give me some help? So I do that. Oh, that's so cool. And you're right. It is. It's all about the relationships and uh, building that trust and foundation. So what is your favorite resource that you have found? Anything, a book, training, person, event? Uh, online learning. Oh, okay. Can you expand on that just a smidge? I do a lot of online learning because I don't have time to, like I, I have two staging courses, but I have a number of specialties all of which were delivered online. I loved going to university. I miss that um, experience. But right now, because of time constraints, I have taken my last courses, like I did one on short-term rentals. I've just done MailChimp. And MailChimp and what's the other one? Instagram. I mean, I'm such a techno peasant. Everything is tough for me. I also, I haven't, I like to teach live. I love to teach. So I have a course for agents, which is kind of hard to deliver on online. So I've got to figure that out still, but I love to learn. So most of it's now online. And I did design, I subscribe to a number, you know, design files. Do I have to be doing a mood board? Canva, again, whoa. Okay, last question. So, Jill, we're, we're going to move away from what you do in your business and in your career-related life. This question is about you, Jill. What does Jill do? Just wants to have fun. When Jill just wants to have fun. When Jill just wants to have fun, I read. Oh, that's great. Obviously. I read or I watch the right, golf in the summer. Well, I try to. Anyway, I had a stroke several years ago, so... And I haven't gotten back to golf yet, but it is my summer passion. Or I play the piano. Oh, okay. Or I knit. Or you knit. But you know, or I, I sew. Like, I asked my mother once, Mom, what would you say is my strongest attribute? What would you tell anybody? And she said, 
thought about it for a minute. She said, Jill can do anything with her hands. Oh, wow. My son and daughter are like that too. Good. Great. Yeah. Well, it was absolutely wonderful to have you here, Jill. How, what's the best way for people to reach you? They can reach me by phone or text at 289-880-0500 or on Instagram at stage right, the number two cell or www.stageright2cell.ca. Okay. My website. I'm also on Facebook under Stage Right to Cell. <laughs> okay, so on everywhere. You'd think I did know technology. <laughs> well, as long as you have the right people to help you do it. You well, know. exactly. Do what you love and outsource the rest. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you have it. It was wonderful to have you here. And uh, we wish you happy staging. Thank you so much. It was such a joy. I was very nervous about this, but you've made me very comfortable and I appreciate it. And I hope that people have learned something and I'm happy to help. All right. Thank you, Jill. Okay. Take care. Wow. That was quite a great conversation that we had with Jill. And there was a lot of things that I wouldn't have thought of that she brought to the forefront, but she certainly is able to keep it super simple for those needing needing to have staging services. Yeah, it, it's really, and as she said, it's not just so much staging, it's really furnishing. So if you want to furnish your midterm rental, even your short-term rental, right? Because there are still short-term rentals out there. And even I was thinking we didn't have a chance to talk about it, but longer-term rentals, hey, some people want to move into furnished, furnished apartments or furnished units. So there's lots and lots to think about. Anyway, Catherine, it's been a pleasure as always. And so what do we tell people at the end of every episode? Come out, come grow with us and customize your life. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast, where the focus is on helping all levels of real estate investors advance to the next level and help you customize your life. Be sure to tune in next week at rightclub.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you get a few seconds, please rate the podcast wherever you're listening. It helps the show get noticed by others like you. And we truly appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe.